Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Today, we're going, we're going to summer school. All right, you excited about summer school today? Yeah. I was told in the earlier service, Stephen Pilot and I had to do summer school uh, one year because we goofed off too much during school. And then we just continued goofing off during summer school too. But anyway, we got through it. And I just remember like thinking, oh man, I don't want to do summer school. It's just like, my, there, there goes my summer, at least six weeks out of it. That's terrible. But this is going to be good summer school. All right. Um, and so we're going to talk on the subject of, of faith itself. Actually, I'm going to bring some things to you that I actually teach at Christ for the Nations. There's a course I teach there called Principles of Faith. It's a great course. And, um, but I want to bring us back to school on the matter of faith because we are in times that we've never experienced before. There are so many unknowns, you know, from January till now, who would have known, right? Yeah. If, you, if somebody would have told you back in January, you're not going to be able to go to church for several weeks. You would have thought, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Right? Or you're, you're going to be wearing a mask pretty much everywhere you go. Right? You, you wouldn't even have bought that, right? But it happened, didn't it? Yeah. It happened quickly. Everything shifted so quickly. And so we have come into a time in the earth that we don't know what's next. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. Yeah. And that's what yeah. matters. We know the one who knows. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. And see, that's why we need faith, because what we're seeing ain't going to help us. Right? What we're seeing ain't going to help us. What we're feeling ain't going to help us. We need something more resolute, more absolute. Yeah. And faith in God is how we can implement God's kingdom principles, God's kingdom truths, God's kingdom itself here on the earth is by faith. And faith is the currency of heaven. It's the currency of the kingdom of God. It's how we receive from God. And um, so it's also how we, we can speak into our circumstances and see those circumstances change. So it's important that we, that we know and recognize our great need for faith in God. We'll keep coming back to this Simple truth, and yet something, a, a truth that is easy to forget. Yeah. It's easy to forget because of things that we experience. Because we yeah. live in a body, because we, you know, we have our five senses that, that uh, govern much of the way that we live uh, and move and have our being, you know, what we taste, touch, smell, hear, and see. Taste, yeah. touch, smell. Okay, I got all five of them. But, but faith, faith doesn't calculate through the senses. It doesn't work through our, it has nothing to do with the sensual realm. As a matter of fact, it, it is what maybe we could call the sixth, sixth sense, not that we see dead people, but that we, we, understand, we understand what God understands. It, we have access to his knowledge and his power and his strength and his ability and his, his um, provision and his healing. Everything comes through that avenue of faith in God. It's how you got saved. It's how you even came into the kingdom of God. Think about that. It's what was required of us by God to be children of God. And that is, Jesus said, for as many as received him, to them he gave the right 
to become the sons of God, as many as believed on his name. Or to many, uh, he gave the power to become the sons of God. Now, there are two key words that have to do with power, Greek words in the New Testament. One is dunamis, right? It means the kind of explosive kind of power, the right now power to act, uh, dunamis. Um, or there's exousia. And that, but that power means authority, authoritative power, the right, uh, a right. And so what Jesus said, in John chapter 1, it says that to those who received him, and you receive him by believing on him, right? Yeah. To them, he gave the authority to become the sons of God. Yeah. Not, not the power, not, not so that we would think it was about our performance. No, because we believe we have authority, we have rights as his children now to be his children. Isn't that marvelous? You have rights as God. See, you, you don't have an obligation to obey God. You have a right to obey God. Yeah. It's a whole different way to look at it. You don't need to do the right thing. You have the right to do the right thing. Yeah. Thank you. See, when I, and I've told you this story before, but when we were growing up, me and my brother, and we moved from uh, the metropolis of Thackerville, Oklahoma, to... Uh, San Angelo, that was a huge move for us, you know, from a town of just a few hundred people to this huge spread out town out in West Texas that it's got more land than it does population. I mean, San Angelo goes real wide. And uh, by the way, my mother-in-law's here, so welcome Miss Karen Cook. Um, and so it was, it was just like overwhelming for us, but, and we weren't used to like city blocks or anything like that because we lived out in the country. And so we had to learn, you know, how to live in that grid. And, but we had to stay within the bounds of how loud our dad could whistle. Now, he could whistle really loud. Like, I hated when he'd whistle, like, in the car, right? There's nowhere else for it to go except in your ears. But, I mean, I could hear his whistle. Like, we'd be at a ball game. I could recognize my dad's whistle above everybody else. In the, I mean, just crazy loud. And um, so he said, you can ride your bikes, as far as you can hear my whistle. But if I whistle and you ain't home in a few minutes, you know what's going to happen. Your backsides are going to suffer. And so we learned through a process of what that radius was. Now, we could still ride several blocks. It was really quite awesome. But, but he said, when you hear that whistle, I'm giving you a certain amount to get here. And it was reasonable. You know, He said, you, you will not continue to do what you're doing. You won't continue to play. You won't try to finish the game you're doing. You get on your bike and you get home immediately. Yeah. And he wasn't kidding. I tested him once on it. <laughs> regretted it. But um, one day we were out doing it. We're out on our bikes and we had a, our, our friend David, David Levesque, who's a minister out in, uh, in, what's the name of your church? Celebration Church, yeah, Pastor Brandon. Anyway, we were all buddies growing up. And so we're, we're out riding one day, and me and my brother hear Dad's whistle. Oh, there's Dad. We got to go. And David's like, what are, what are y'all talking about? What did you hear? We're like, we hear Dad's whistle. He's I didn't hear that. Well, it's because he wasn't trained for it. See, he, he, this isn't his father, so it's not his whistle, and it's not his call. See, we have rights as John Holler's sons, to go when he blows his whistle. But David's not bound to that, right? Because he has his own father. You have rights as the children of God. Amen. This is so good. See, this makes our experience with God a real, authentic, loving relationship. One that we love to do, not one that we have to do. 
God didn't save you so that you have to do things. And he didn't save you just to tolerate you. <laughs> he saved you because he loved you. Amen. And he wants to be believed. And, and he's so insistent upon it that for us to be saved, we must believe. And that's the only requirement. Not by works of righteousness that we have done. Right? Isn't that what the Bible says? For by grace you have been saved through what? Come on, help me this morning. This is the 11 o'clock service, right? Y'all sound like the 930 service. All right, let's try one more time. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Paul said it like this. Listen to that baby girl. She's in my amen corner. Um, Romans chapter 4 and, and verse 5 says uh, that... <laughs> Come on here, get it. That he justifies the ungodly. But to him who does not work, thank you. All right, there it is. But to him who does not work, but believes, does not work, but believes, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Yeah. Did you hear that? But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Wow, that's powerful. And so what Paul teaches us here is that faith, apart from works, is righteousness. <laughs> right? And we've talked about James says faith without works is dead. But Paul says faith without works is righteousness. And so that's where we understand the difference of the gospel to the Jew and the gospel to the Gentile. And you cannot confuse those things, and you can't try to live in both of those things because you will be one double-minded, wavering Christian. But God wants to be believed. Faith, the Bible says, how, why is it important that we focus on faith because it's everything to our Christian experience. Everything about everything that's important in our life is hooked to faith in God. Without it, it's impossible to please God. So <laughs> we need to know what faith is and how to be in it and how to have it and how to use it and activate it and grow in it because if we're not in it, if we're not using our faith, if we're not believing, then we're not pleasing God. How many of you want to please God here? Okay, good. That's three of you. All right, awesome. Well, okay. <laughs> How many of you want to please God here today? Okay. All right. Seven. Seven. All right. We've more than doubled. Getting better all the time. But think about this. God, even though God paid this unimaginable price to have us, you know, to give his son, that kind of love is just extraordinary to do what he did. Yet he still will allow anyone who rejects him, who chooses not to believe him, to spend eternity without him. Even though the price he paid was unimaginable, but yet he also honors our choice. We are true agents of free will. It's a real thing. And he's given us this gift of choice. And so, but he doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He's prepared heaven for us. Christ died for the sins of the world. That's an invitation for God to have everybody with him in heaven. That's what he wants. But Men still have to choose. They have to choose to believe. They, they believe or not believe. And so um, let's go to Luke chapter 11 for just a moment. And faith in God is the only thing that can work such a miracle as new birth. And since it can work a miracle of new birth, then faith gives you, uh, uh, can give you the ability to, has the ability for all miracles. I mean, if it can raise the dead to life, right, then it can fix any other issue. 
<laughs> if it can bring out of darkness and into his light, then it can heal a common cold, it can heal a disease, it can right, bring provision. Okay, but it can do the greatest miracle, then it can do all miracles. That's why Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. So we understand that it's, it's why we need to really understand faith and focus on it and uh, have it activated because it's how we're saved. It's how we please God. It's how we, we stay in this realm of what's possible, right? It, it says it cancels out impossibilities. I love that. It moves mountains. Yeah. It gets you what you've asked for in prayer. Jesus said, if you believe you receive, you'll have whatever you pray for. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. This language of faith is calling those things that be not as though they were. Yeah. If it's not, you have this ability by faith to call it into existence. Because this is how you're made in God's image. God stepped out in the darkness. What did he do? Good Lord, it's dark out here. Gabriel, come over here and look at this. It is so dark out here. He wasn't, he, he wasn't just reporting the news of the darkness. No, God stepped in and said, light be, and boom, it changed. Right? He called those things that be not as though they were. As our example, made us in his image to say, you can do the same thing. I put me in you so that you can do what I can do. Ooh, I love that. That's beautiful. But this miracle of salvation happens in the heart. All right. Luke chapter 11, let's turn there. Wow, I didn't go over anything that I did earlier. Okay, that's fine. Luke chapter 11, verse 5. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves? Verse 7. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. 7. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Verse 8. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his, let's all say that word loudly, persistence, persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Yeah. Jesus is teaching his disciples something really important here um, on, on the subject of prayer. Because right before this, uh, early in this chapter, the disciples had come to him and said, teach us to pray. And he said, okay, when you pray, pray this. Our Father, who art in heaven, you know the Lord's Prayer, right? Why don't we all just say it together? Ready? Go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily, I want to hear from you. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Good class. Welcome to summer school. My dad used to tell this story about this little kid who was learning the Lord's Prayer and had a hard time with the word trespass. And so he, the way he heard it was, and for... <laughs> Forgive us for our trash passes as we forgive those who trash pass against pass trash against us. That's not bad, actually. <laughs> trash passes. Uh, there are lots of uh, religions 
around the world who, who pray a lot. And, and I'll say a lot of them pray even more than Christians do. You know, some have these set times in the day, some three, some five times a day, and because it's part of their, their religious mantra. But it doesn't necessarily mean that faith is at work in those prayers. Um, because Jesus said the religious people of his time, those Pharisees, he said they pray long prayers because they think that God will like those long prayers and that he'll hear them for their many words. He said, don't be like them. You just got set free from thinking you had to pray a long time, right? You ever tried to pray an hour? Was that a long hour? Oh, my God. You feel every second of that hour. Like just clock watching. And be with all the... Let's go over to Africa now, since I've only been in this five minutes, and I feel like I'm done saying what I need to say. So bless the Africans. And, and yeah, and then by the time it's done, you don't know who's happier that it's done, you or God. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus said, don't be like them. So it's not about then this long kind of praying. It's about the kind of prayers that we offer up, not the amount of prayers, the kind of prayer. Believe you receive and you will have. That's the kind of prayers he's looking for. Prayers of faith. But Jesus says, and the reason I'm saying that is because what Jesus teaches here is, is something that people misapply to their own life. Because he says he won't give it to him because he's his friend. He, he, he'll rise because of his persistence. So you got to persist in prayer. You got to persist in prayer. You got to persist. You got to persist. You got to persist. Here's the problem though. If you see yourself as the friend, then you're not applying this the right way to your life. Because the father is in the house with his what? Now, are you friends of God or are you children of God? Hmm? So if you're children, then why, why do you think you've got to be on, that you're on the outside knocking? You're in the house. And since you're in the house with the father, then whatever the father has is already yours. Wow. See, that was worth coming to church for today. That was worth coming to church. Cornelius was a man who was a friend. He was trying to, he was persisting in all the religious things. He was a good man. He prayed all the time. And this angel shows up and says, man, are you ever persistent? Because you've been knocking on God's door for a long time. You need to send for this guy named Peter. And he's going to tell you a message. And that message is going to save your life. Because all of this good stuff you're doing, it can't save you. You look great, man. But you're still dead until you hear that good news. Right? And it was the news that uh, when Peter came to preach, to him all the prophets witness, whoever believes on him through his name shall receive remission of sins. And that's when they all got saved. But, but his persisting did do something. But Cornelius wasn't a child of God then. But as children of God, don't labor in thinking you have to persevere and punch through and knock, knock, knock. No, what he has is yours. If he'll give you Jesus, the Bible says, he'll freely give you anything. But we have to be people who are humble enough to admit when we need faith or maybe we need to increase our faith and not, not act like that, that's an untouchable in our life. Because if you do that, then you have truly decided you're not going to be a disciple of Christ. Because he talked to his disciples about it all the time. Where was your faith? Oh, you have little faith. 
right? If he's calling out their little faith, that means he has a desire for them to have greater faith, right? So that must be something that we grow in, grow on, grow out, grow through. (laughs) And a negative stance toward faith will completely wreck your life. It will set you up for a lifetime of failures. That's why, I mean, why live that way when we have been given so much by God? So we have to keep it, get it established and keep it established in our hearts. This simple yeah. truth. God is good and does good. The devil is evil and does evil. Yeah. Right. Amen. So when you know who you're, who's on your side and who's not on your side, this is going to help you be able to fight effectively. Now, we don't fight as one boxing the air, as Paul says. We fight the good fight of faith because faith yeah. is the victory that overcomes the world. So we're not relying upon our own strength, our own intellect. I guarantee you cannot out-intellect the devil. He's been around way too long. All right? You can't outsmart him. You can't physically do something to him, even though, yeah, I know. I've imagined it too. My hands around that sorry lizard's throat and choking the life out of him until I watch him die and then laugh and stomp on his dead body and dance. All eternity. Anyway, I hate the devil. He's relentless. He's a thief. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. He has nothing but harm set up for you and your family. All right? But if he can have the opportunity, he'd take it. If, he'd take it. if he could take your life, he'd do it. Right? If he could vandalize, if he could steal from you, he'll do it. He roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devise. The key word is may. You just keep saying, no, you may not. Right? No, you may not. But, and he's defeated. He's He's defeated. But he does have a big mouth. And if you choose to believe him, then that's what empowers him in your life. But he's powerless against you if you don't give him the time of day. You continue to agree with what God has said, and that's going to happen through believing God. Amen. Faith is you've just humbled yourself completely under the opinion of God and said, I'm choosing to believe God. No matter what I'm seeing or feeling or experiencing, those things can teach us things. But they're not our greatest teacher. Our greatest teacher is to believe God. So because the devil has that purpose, Jesus has the purpose as well. And that is to give us life, the God kind of life, and give us abundance in this life. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.